Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And I am Brandon Cruz. And with me today, I have the owner of uh, Shadow and Substance, a Night Gallery, uh, a Twitter account, Mr. Paul, coming back to hit us up. What's up, man? Thank you. Hey, how you doing, Brandon? Good to, good to be back. I'm, I'm good. I've got, I've got my coffee. It's six hours behind you. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, um, coffee. Heck, that was hours ago. What do you? <laughs> uh, how no. how are things uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, everything's everything's good. It's a, a full full swing of summer, though. I must say, it's uh, it's 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 gotten warm the last few days. Yeah. We uh we 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 may uh on the east coast we may be able to avoid uh uh you know fire and uh and uh, a lot of the other. Um, uh, weather events that plague other parts of the country, but we do get our we do get some some crazy humidity though yeah, yeah. in the in the dog days of summer. So Ew. yeah, air conditioning is just just what the doctor orders. <laughs> uh, along with uh, along with summer comes Twilight Zone marathon for Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I know you're uh, way busier than than I on, on Fourth of July. We we right. made it unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. And, uh, as I, as I was saying to somebody, I'm not sure who it was, and I'm sorry if it was you, but, uh, but somebody was saying something about it being such a long thing. And I said, well, you know, compared to the last New Year's Eve, I said, this, this July 4th marathon felt like a sprint. Oh yeah. You know, this, this, uh, you know, it was roughly like 27 hours. Yeah. Uh, all together, something like that. Uh, and what was unusual this time is for some reason they started, just before midnight. Yeah. It started on 1130, uh, just before, you know, the advent of July 4th. Uh, I've in all the time I've been covering the marathon. I can't ever recall it not starting at like eight o'clock in the morning or something like that. So yeah, I don't know. It was different. Yeah. Cause I remember like as a, as a kid, usually I'd, I'd be like, why? I thought the Twilight Zone marathon was on. Why am I watching like infomercials for slap chop? Or- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, the slap chop. Uh, yeah. Or, or or the or the magic bullet or whatever it is. Oh uh, yeah, the magic bullet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Still use that to grind the beans yeah. for the coffee nah. that I make every day. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I had to find a lot of coffee this morning. Well, I had yes. to find coffee because uh, we didn't buy any more. I guess. Oh no. So I have like oh, like gee. like tea like tea kind of where you have to like dip it and steep it. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So, huh. Coffee was a process this morning. Yeah, so uh, so if uh, if you were um, Ed Hall and perchance to dream, you'd be in trouble right now, yeah, right? Yeah. Trying to trying to stay awake. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maya's gonna get you now. I have to so. steep this. Yeah, steep faster. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. All right, cool deal. Well, uh, we are here today to talk about a. Uh, a, a pretty good episode, I, th- I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, episode twenty-seven, "The Big Tall Wish," mm-hmm. originally aired April eighth, nineteen sixty. Happy birthday to right. my older brother. He wasn't born in sixty, born in seventy-nine, but that's not the point. But still, but on April eighth, yeah, April, very good. April, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. He my my, uh, my Twilight Zone birthday episode is uh, "The Grave," which was October twenty-seventh. Uh, again, not the same year <laughs> but yeah. but on that date so yeah yeah. Um, yeah so that's that's a pretty cool episode to have for your for your birthday zone yeah i mean he doesn't know but that's because I mean, he has not paying attention so. 
<laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll tell him one day. I'll I'll make him a birthday cake with uh, this episode title on it. There you go, with like a little boxing ring on the top. You know, exactly. <laughs> be like, I don't know what this is about, Brandon. Yeah, what I don't. Yeah, <laughs> like you would if you loved me, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So it can, if it can turn into a family fight, that's even better and, and thematically appropriate when you think about. It. Exactly. And like and like my four year old son will be like, please don't fight. Please yeah. make a big tall wish not to fight. <laughs> wow, this is really meta here, you know. <laughs> uh, this episode stars uh, Ivan Dixon as Bully, uh, and then a young Stephen Perry what? as Henry, Steve Perry right. from from Journey. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, yeah, not quite the same. I, but, I wrote the name uh, down, and but it, it didn't click until right now. That uh, until just now, I got gotcha, you. Yeah, is a, a Journey singer. Uh, is directed by <laughs> yeah. Ron, directed by Ronald Winston, who also directed right. the, the famous Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Mm-hmm. Notably, uh, and then teleplay yeah. by Rod Serling, of course, and uh, and Kim Hamilton as well oh. as uh, um, uh, oh, no, but I remember the actress's name, but that's the name of the character. But oh, yeah. but he, uh, she, and uh, Ivan Dixon had uh, actually did a number of uh, projects together, both before and after uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, right on. Right on. Yeah, so so the two of them, in a sense, you know, I mean, a lot of times. You know, you'll get a, a pairing of actors in in Twilight Zone, and it and it may well have been the one and only time they were together. But in this instance, uh, it, Dixon and Hamilton, uh, you know, knew each other, and I think that was reflected in their their on screen uh, uh, chemistry. You know, they worked well together. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So, um, oh, Francis, that's it. Just, just double checked her name, Francis. <laughs> uh, we apologize, Francis. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> probably better in the long run. She'd probably have, rather have her real name remembered than her character name. So yeah, I, ideally. Yeah, I, sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, so so here, this I, I'd say this episode is is another one of the, the fairly straightforward ones. There's not too many twists and turns, but um, true. So Bully Jackson is is a boxer, and and he's he's hanging out in uh, his apartment with, of course, young Henry. And mm-hmm. he is going up for, uh, he's getting ready for an, a fight, and he, he's talking to young Henry, and uh, just basically, you know, Henry is looking up to this guy. Bully's trying to make, you know, he's kind of like on the the downward end of his career, but he's trying, he's trying to make it, and he's looking in the mirror, like just looking at all the scars and having how all the scars tell a, a kind of a story about, um, right. about each one of his fights, right? Yeah, and that's such such a surling stretch there you know where he says you know you 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 know with a boxer you know you don't have to he doesn't have to tell you a story you can read it in his face you know right. i mean that's it's it's such a uh, uh kind of line that he would write so yes yes um and uh yeah it kind of reminded me of you know like jaws right like how how they're on the boat and they're like yeah this 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 scar is from this shark bite over here and <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah, that's you're right. That's true. Yeah, like yeah, although he doesn't in that scene, you get the impression that he could tell you, yeah, this cut under my eye was when I fought so and so, and tell you exactly how many rounds it went, and this this gash over here was from when I fought this other guy. And yeah, like, no doubt, like no doubt. Five hundred men went into the water. Two hundred came ooh, out. Yeah, ooh, the Indianapolis. That's like, that's rough. Like doll's eyes. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, move, <laughs> getting back into yeah. this. Yeah. So. So Henry, uh, right as Bully's about to leave to go for the fight, Henry tells him, "I'm gonna make a big tall wish. I'm gonna make a big tall wish that 
that you're you're not going to get hurt and that you're going to uh going to win. You're going to win, right? Yeah. And of course, uh, Francis tells tells Bully, you know, the big tall wish, that's that's the biggest one of all. That's that's the one that right. means the most. Yeah. And she tells a real quick story about how uh he wished for $15 for rent and and magically she got it. Right. Uh, yeah, so so he's given us a little hint that Bully's wishes are aren't just you know the usual childlike faith. It's there, that there may maybe something to it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So the the swing the scene not the swing what the uh, <laughs> the scene switches over to the dress the not dressing room but the locker room uh, heading right. into a fight and uh, there's uh, Bully is in there with his kind of trainer. And a promoter, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bully finds out that the, the promoter is trying to get him to kind of throw the fight and yeah. uh, is essentially bet on the other guy to, to win. Yes. So, so Bully's about to, about to punch him in the face, but instead punches a solid concrete wall. Right. <laughs> which, which I've done it. it. Those things don't move. Yeah, <laughs> they they hit back in their own special way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he doesn't want to give up this fight, of course. So with a broken hand, he still puts on his glove, and and I gotta say, uh, he uh, his trainer puts on the glove, and the the look on of pain on his face. Oh is, yeah. It like it it hurt me to to imagine like yeah. doing that. Yeah, and there was a uh, I read that uh, uh, Sterling had. You know who was on set. Yeah. You know, uh, occasionally, you know, while they were working on this, you know, had recommended that after he struck the wall, you know, to make a point of, you know, not only wincing in pain but also like shake his hand, uh, you know, because he felt like that would make him look a little more like an old timer. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. And it it does. And, yeah. and God, God, that that putting on that glove is is such an uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Uh, scene. Yeah, you just imagine, and, and and the worst part is, it's like you know the pain of just putting on the glove, and you're like, "How's it going to feel when I'm actually landing blows?" Yes, it, you know, even with the glove on it and all that padding, it's still not going to help very much. So no, and and it turns out it doesn't really, because uh, when we go into the fight, he's just getting his butt kicked the the right. entire time, yep. um, and w- so he he actually gets knocked out by his opponent. And he's lying on right. the ground, and there's a there's a cool shot uh, of him lying on the ground. Uh, his yeah. face is up against the the camera, almost, and the yeah. the referee is is above him. Uh, mm-hmm. And while that's happening, Bully is watching on TV, or not Bully. Uh, Henry is watching on TV. Henry, mm-hmm. and his like face is pressed up against the the television. Yeah, he, great shot. And he's just really wishing the big tall wish for mm-hmm. for Bully to come back from this. Right. And of course, time freezes and all of a sudden Bully's opponent is on the on the floor in that same exact position. Right, right. And all of a sudden he's won. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's like you know and nobody knows that anything was any different, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's almost as if an, an alternate timeline was was grafted onto ours or something. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good. Yeah. That, that's kind of a cool thought. Yeah. Um so Bully of course, he He's like, oh, cool, I won. He talks to his trainer. He's like, yeah, I don't know how I got back up off the floor. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought he had me there for sure, but boy, I guess, I guess I still got it. Boom, boom, boom. You know. And the trainer's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You got hit in the head once too, once too many. Uh, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't get knocked out. You're up. You're up the entire time. Yeah. Huh. And Bully goes back to his his town or his his you know wherever his his apartment is, and people are just cheering him on and woo, Bully, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and he gets up there and he he talks to Henry and and Henry's um. You, you know, basically, which is Henry's up on the roof. He's tending to some white rabbits, right? Um, and Henry tries to convince him, like, "Hey, like, I I wished for this to happen, right? Right? Like, yeah. You, but you have to believe. Magic only works if you believe. Yeah. And and Bowley is like, you know, you, you know, yeah, come on, kid, come on, yeah, kid. it was me. Grow up, you know." Yeah, yeah. Like I, somebody has to rub your face into the world is what he says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is that's such a, you know, that's such a harsh thing to say to a kid. Right. Uh, yep. And and yet you can see someone, especially a boxer, you know, b- coming out with that kind of a sentiment. Right. You know. You know, as harsh as it may be to say that to anybody, especially a little kid who believes in you, you know, he probably thinks like, "I'm doing you a favor. You need to know what a hard place the world is." You know. Right. You know, let me, uh, you know, disabuse you of this crazy notion that the world isn't a hard place, kid. Right. You know? and, and, and really to circle back to the initial, you know, scene of him looking at the scars on his face, right? Yeah. You know, to then say, like, you know, kid, you need to have all these scars on your face, too, to, in order to, mm-hmm. to realize that there's no magic, right? Right, basically, yeah. Basically saying to the kid, you, you need to have all these scars, too. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a harsh thought. It is, yeah. But uh, so Henry, Henry's, like, Come on, Bully, you gotta believe. You gotta believe. It won't work if you won't believe. Mm-hmm. And Bully says he can't. He he just can't. Which is why he wakes up back up on the mat. He's been knocked down. Right. None of that none of that has happened anymore. And he loses the match. Yeah. And he walks back to his uh little apartment area. Nobody's cheering him on. If anything, one person berates him like, Why didn't you yeah. use your right hand? Right. Yeah. Um, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and he talk he back he's back to square one essentially, and he talks to Henry, and he says, you know, maybe more people, maybe magic needs more people to believe, or there's not enough people right. to believe in magic. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says either there is a magic, or if there is, there's just not enough people to believe. Right. Right. Um. It. Yeah. And it, and it's and it's sad because Henry doesn't leave this episode believing in magic anymore. Yeah, he's he's essentially like, no, I'm. You're right. I'm, I need. To yeah, grow I'm up. too old for that. Yeah, yeah right. Which, uh, yeah, it's kind of an unfortunate end to that. But that is that is the episode. So, yeah. With that in mind, Mr. Paul, uh, what are your what are your thoughts? I I I I tend tend to mention this one sometimes when people ask me about episodes that they think are a bit underrated. Uh, I'll I'll mention this one. It's it's funny. This one, um, it it. I've never really heard anybody dislike it, but it just kind of floats in the middle there. I think we've maybe talked about that before. You know, there are so many episodes that are beloved. There are a few that are berated. (laughs) And then there are other ones that just kind of float in the middle. You know, they're not really, you know, and and this seems to qualify, um, you know. And I I, I think there's a couple of reasons for it uh, that it doesn't have, I think, greater acclaim 
uh, than it does. I mean, I, I, I rate it, you know, I would give it, if I were giving it a grade, I'd give it a good, you know, B, B plus, you know, I mean, I think right. it is, it's a very, very good episode. I think what probably hurts it for some people is, um, the, the boxing theme might be one. Right. Uh, I, I, um, I, I don't really have a problem with, with boxing. I know some, some people do. It's funny to think back now, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine now in 2016, but you know, there was a time when, you know, boxing was a very big sport, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, people like, um, Sterling would have grown up, you know, a big heavyweight boxing match, you know, that had, you know, the likes of legendary fighters like a Jack Dempsey, a Joe Lewis and people like this. This was like the Super Bowl back then. I mean, these were, these were big things. Um, that, that just about everybody paid attention to, right. you know, and of course you were going to watch the fights, you know, everybody, you know, whereas now, you know, I feel like you barely hear about these things. Yeah. Or uh, they're followed just by a very niche audience. So, yeah. Or, or the, the fights, they, you know, it, it's all about the, the promotion leading up to it. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. But I mean, there is no more, you know, thriller and Manila, you know, right. <laughs> you know, a rumble in the jungle and, you know, all those kinds of you know, legendary fights, you know, there's no more Ali and Liston, you know, uh, yeah. you know, like there, like there was years and years ago, uh, just, but I think that for Serling, I mean, well, Serling himself, of course, as I'm sure, you know, had himself boxed in the army. Um, he, uh, uh, which is interesting because, you know, if you, you know, anything biographically about Serling, you know, that he was, he was a short man, you know, he was, <laughs> and, and, and very, he participated like the lightest that was like flyweight, you know, it was the absolute lightest division. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But of course we know, we know from his typewriter that this was a man who never shied away from a fight. Yes. And that was true physically as well. And he actually did very well. He had like 18 bouts. He won 17. And then I think he was, uh, it was like in the 18th that he was really, uh, knocked down yeah. and had his nose broken. Um, <laughs> Knock, so, knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he, uh, so, I mean, so he had a personal affinity for the sport, but I think he also viewed it, um, as, uh, you know, there was, there was a, uh, there was a very, there was a very good quote. If I can just pull out what had he put it, there was a, there was a, uh, a good fighter is a piece of art is a quote from uh, the Sterling said, good fighter is a piece of art. And I think that for him, you know, there's so many other sports that are, that are team sports. Uh, People are part of something larger, but there's something about boxing. It's just you. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. There's no teammate that's going to pick up the slack when you can't uh, participate at that moment. Uh, There's, there's no, you can't, run along the backfield while somebody else is taking the pass or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's all up to you. It's just, you know, two men together in one small ring and, you know, you've got to find it inside yourself to, to win or you're going to lose. Right. And so I think that that appealed greatly to Serling as such a pure way of depicting the fight, because let's face it, there's a much bigger fight going on here for Boldy Jackson mm-hmm. and it's not what's in the ring. It's what he's going to believe or not believe. Right. Right. And in a sense, he loses both fights and the second fight, the fight to believe in magic is the greater loss than the one that we see depicted in the ring. I think. Yeah. I, so it, it's, it's very, it's very true about, uh, boxing and, 
and uh, the really the intrinsic <clears throat> motivation that that you have to have in in that that sport, right? You you have I whenever I've watched a boxing match, you know, the the trainer is <laughs> like, "Okay, no, you got to do this, you got to do that." Uh, you know, like make sure you you give them a hook, and you know, short jabs and all that type of stuff. But if right. if the person in the ring, the one who's actually in the thick of it, can't doesn't believe in himself enough to uh do those short jabs or or right. or, or find it to to get that upper hand um you know then then that's the difference between win, winning or losing right and and, yeah. and uh you know I do agree with with Serling in that that aspect of the the personal kind of battle with in, in boxing um right and yeah you're absolutely right about the the, the magic aspect he he loses he loses both of those battles when it comes down to yeah it. right yeah and it, and if he um you know with it, with this kind of a uh you know i th- i think that for Serling it was just you know because he had already talked about this uh so marvelously in requiem for a heavyweight mm-hmm. you know for which he'd won an emmy and I, I i you know would honestly think could be considered one of the best things that he ever wrote um but there was just something about the pathos of a boxer, you know, a guy who just goes in the ring and, and subjects himself to all this physical punishment and is so, in a sense, kind of used by, you know, the, the managers and the promoters and the spectators yeah. and everybody just sort of like uses this guy yeah. as a commodity. And not that there aren't parallels in other sports. And then once, you, once you're of no use to us, chuck you outside and, you know, you get to be, you know, a stumble bum yeah, has been for the rest of your life. While the rest of us move on to the next hot fighter, you know. Yeah, there, there's, uh, there, you know, so. there was another thought. Uh, I I don't remember where I read it, but uh, of of Serling just saying that, you know, there's an interesting con- contradiction with the boxers who are generally back back then anyway, like soft spoken uh, men. Getting, oh, right, getting into yeah. getting into the mm-hmm. ring and doing all this these violent acts, right. that that when they get out of the ring, then they don't have any antagonisms. Yeah, it's almost like they kind of like uh, leave it all in the ring. Right. You know, they, you know, you'll have somebody who's very polite, sweet, soft spoken. Very, you're right, exactly. And then they get in the ring and they just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> whereas you, I suppose the corollary, although he doesn't say it, is that the rest of us sort of, you know, have. <laughs> express our hostility in other less um safe ways you know yeah. we, we we cut people off in traffic we're rude to somebody you know <laughs> on the phone you know you know because we're not so, we don't have the outlet that the fighter does so everybody should go into boxing is essentially you know the moral i'm starting to think <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i'm heading down to the gym tomorrow and get my uh, get my gloves on you know yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, but there's probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some validity to that, you know, find, you know, you, you, you need some kind of an outlet, you know, yeah. for, uh, for that. It doesn't necessarily have to be boxing, but something, you know, Every, everybody has yeah. to have something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. So this, uh, I want to, I want to briefly mention the, the shot in the ring, right? Uh, like mm. when during the actual boxing match where, whereas, you know, Stallone and all of those Rocky movies, they did a fairly good job of um you know showing the action within a ring even though right. a little cartoony cuz nobody ever plays defense but um, <laughs> yeah uh I would even argue that uh, Creed which is a great movie if you haven't seen it does uh, that one I have it no it's they the cor- the choreography in, in that is is amazing 
Uh, mm, okay. Yeah, I'd love to. But uh, but back in uh, back for this episode, the Big Tall Wish, the they don't show a lot of the actual boxing, right? And of course, you, right. you need to get a lot of extras for a, a big boxing match like that. And right. and Ron Winston does a great job. He just he focuses the action on on the hands, right? He he makes it right. smaller instead of going bigger. To yes for the uh, and, it, and it does an effective job of building up that that kind of tension and uh, the um, you know the the intense aspects of boxing. Right. Yeah. That was that that, that that's a great way to economize without. Um, Feel, making the audience feel shortchanged, mm-hmm. you know, and you're right. I mean, if you've got the sound effects and you've got, you know, a shot of, you know, somebody else kind of like, you know, clenching their hands around a program and somebody else eating popcorn yeah. and then somebody else, you know, mimicking the jabs that he's seeing in the ring, you know, it, it gives you the impression of, you know, of, of a big crowd and a lot of action. Yeah. Uh, which, which, uh, you know, is great. And, and you can tell there's so much care. I mean, they actually built like a, a glass, a ceiling for them to shoot up through the bottom right. of, uh, you know, which just shows you the, the care and attention that was put into the show uh, to give it such a, a striking visual look. <laughs> no pun intended yeah. there, striking. Um, <laughs> but it really did. You know, I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it was, it was, it was very, very effective, you know, and then that overhead shot, you know, when they switch from Bowley being on the ground to his opponent, uh, is, is, is very well done. Yes, it is. You know? Yeah. In, in Ron, since Winston also did the monsters are doing Maple street, I, I noticed the, you know, the economy of using the hands, but yeah. in monsters are due, you know, he, towards the end there, when, when all the, the chaos is starting, they're only showing bits and pieces, right? Like they, right. they really, they really get small instead of going larger. Uh, yes and so again like the almost claustrophobia of, of being right s- like stuck in this ar- this arena yeah and it has that uh, uh without getting into monsters but real yeah. quick i was going to say i mean because it has a dramatic effect too because it's it's a switch throughout the whole episode we've been seeing people in large crowds well large enough mm-hmm. uh full full body shots or waist up shots and then all of a sudden when everything starts going crazy yeah it's like quick cuts of people's widening eyes and their their mouths you know yelling kind of contorted angry things and 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 fists and weapons and shown shown in close up and and you know the shot of like somebody with blood coming down their face it's you know what i mean at all yeah. it gives the impression of just this complete melee yeah uh you know which is yeah uh so, you're right so so by going small you get big so exactly yeah so so good um all right the uh I, I do want to also say uh, there. This episode was is notable for another reason, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Which which is um, the 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 primary actors being African American, right? And, yeah. And it not being an episode about race relations. Yeah, exactly. Those two aspects really, I think, are are significant because obviously at the time, unfortunately, you know, it seems amazing now. You know, look back and even think that that would be notable, but the idea of having uh, a cast that is largely African American uh, was, you know, uh, quite, <laughs> quite, you know, revolutionary at the time. Right. You know, I mean, you might have, you know, one actor here, one actor there, you know, uh, but you'd be lucky if it was the guy sweeping the floor at the gym in, yeah. in ten seconds of one shot. I mean, here, you know, and all the principles are, and as you just said, 
one of the things that's really notable is it's not a story about race relations. I mean, you could have cast it entirely with a white fighter, you know, a white Francis, a white Henry, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you wouldn't have to change a word of the script. Uh, and, and again, this may seem like big deal, but yeah, I mean, you know, this was, this was important in other words, just to show, you know, look, you know, because in a sense, I mean, if you depict at the time black actors and they're always in stories about race, then it makes an audience think, well, every time I see them, it's going to have something to do with race. Right. Well, no, no. If you're ever going to see them as just fellow human beings like you, look, they're doing the same thing you're doing. They're just, look, they're going to work. They're buying groceries. They're, you know, yeah, just like you, yeah. you know, that's the whole point, you know? And so, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and Serling made the, the conscious effort to do that too. Right. Uh, yeah. Like uh, the, one of the quotes he says, uh, is television like its big sister? The motion picture has been guilty of the sin of omission. So, right. So, so he went out of his way to to make make this this happen. Right. Right. Uh, and, I like this other quote. I mean, that one you just read, I think, is very good. You yeah. know. And then he, uh, I like this one here. Where he says, "Obviously, we've yet to reach that marvelously unselfconscious plateau where we can view men and and not as colors. Uh, hopefully, that'll be the next chapter of American social progress." So. Yeah. And 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 he was honored. This episode actually was honored with um, an award in 1961, uh, the American Unity Award. I may be misquoting. I don't have it right in front of me here, but yeah, uh, right. for, a, and, for uh, outstanding contributions to better race relations. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, and it is that that, that really is more. And 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 one of the and the important thing is to sh- and and also another yeah. thing that again I don't think modern audiences would think about on this score is not only showing them doing things that don't have to do with a race-driven story, but further uh, showing that they have the same not only. Uh, virtues but the same vices the same flaws you know what i mean they in a sense that's kind of a compliment in a way because you would have people at the time either ignoring african-americans or presenting them as what some sort of like an angelic type character Mm -hmm. and in a sense it's like no i mean if you were to talk you know african-americans would say no we don't want you to present us as if we're perfect people we have feet of clay just like you do i mean you know so in a sense that sounds strange to say but it's something of a compliment to show just regular people you know we're not devils but we're not angels either just human beings like you we've got our 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 flaws and we've got our uh good points too you know and just depict us like you exactly you know so um, I think if I'm if I'm not uh, going off script here too much, no, no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> uh, but the only thing I, the thing I was going to uh, mention was that I I wonder if when I mentioned earlier about it being kind of like an episode that is neither uh, acclaimed nor vilified, I wonder if part of that might have to do with the fact that uh, with the fact that the ending is kind of a downbeat ending, um, because when you think about it, I mean you know. This is very much like other efforts that you see on the Twilight Zone where you see the down-and-out character gets a second chance, mm-hmm. but then it works. You know, and in other words, they, they escape. You know, Al Denton and Mr. Denton on Doomsday right. gets a second chance and things, and he, and he grabs it and things are better. 
Uh, and there are other instances where people get that second chance, they grab it and, and, and things improve. And so it ends on kind of a good note. I wonder if here, because it's sort of sad that not only does Bowley not end victorious in the fight, but even Henry has decided to give up on believing in magic. And so I wonder if that sort of negatively affected the popularity of it, you know? Um, but I still think it's good that Serling did it that way because if I can mention another episode that I, that I think is pertinent here, and that is, you know, look, look at the end of Kick the Can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I know it's season three, so you get to that at a much later point. But, <laughs> yeah, eventually. Right. But in Kick the Can, you know, the whole central dramatic point is between Charles and Ben. Ben is the old man who who is, is come on, snap out of it, Charles, you know, right. act your age. And Charles is, no, no, that's how you become old. If you think old and act old, you become old. And in the end, of course, Ben is left behind. Yeah. And I've had some people say, oh, I feel so sorry for that old man, the poor guy, you know, and it is, it is, it's, it's, it's almost heartbreaking. I almost can't watch that last scene without, you know, a little tear in my eye. Yeah. But I think that that was dramatically correct to have Ben there and to have Bowley wind up the way he does, even though it's, it's tough and it's not easy to see, because my feeling is that what Serling is saying is, look, if you get another chance through the magic of the twilight zone or whatever it happens uh-huh. to be, you're not going to have it forever. You know, you, you, if you do not eventually reach out and take it, it's going to be withdrawn that this is not a, a lifetime offer. Right. Yeah. And Charles reached out and took the chance and became like a kid again. Yeah. And Ben didn't. And so he, you know, it's almost like you make your bed, you lie in it. Right. And so I, Bowley wouldn't believe, you know, and 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 that's look what happens. That's where he is, yeah. And he and he drags Henry yeah. Henry down with him a little bit. In a sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. So I I do I throw in the Twilight Zone movie out there just a little bit because you mentioned Kick the Can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, right. I do, although I don't like the segment overall, the Kick Can segment of, of the movie overall. I do right. like that. Um, at the very least, the uh, Charlie at the end of that one, he he's trying to be young again. So even if even if he never makes it, you know he mm-hmm. he he understood that. Okay, cool. There's magic. You know, I'm just gonna. Yeah. I I need to be young again in order to, like, I need to feel young in order to be young. Right. Um. Yes. Of course. Uh. Uh. Scatman Crothers says, "Don't worry, he'll get it." Uh. But you know, I, I don't need that. I just need the the hope at the end of there and say like, you know what? Right. He knows that there's magic and he's trying. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, so, but I, so I, I think that might be kind of what makes it so that there's, you know, not, you know, so when people don't, don't go, Oh man, I love the twilight zone. Big tall wish. It's a big favorite of mine. You know, <laughs> right. take it from a guy who's been tweeting about the twilight zone for <laughs> five and a half years. Yeah. I no. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. Now, sometimes if the episode comes up, you'll hear some people say, oh, I like this episode. But, you know, nobody, but, you know, I, I've yet to, to have anybody. I'm sure somebody's out there, but I've just let's just say that, you know, it's it's certainly not a like, like majority opinion that, well, that the big tall wish is a great episode of Twilight. When you when you quote uh, there, you know, when you when you do your zone quotes, you don't you never get somebody to be like, oh, this is my favorite episode. You know, there's so much to to like about it, but I, I I just wonder if maybe that's part of what 
makes it so that it doesn't quite break through to people's, you know, you know, because so many people when, you know, it's walking distance and stop at Willoughby and people will be fondly, oh, I love this episode. And Big Tall Wish just never breaks through to that. And I think it's because, you know, you know, in the end, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of a, such a, a bit of a bitter ending. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, all right, cool, man. Well, uh, what's any, any, any last thoughts? I know I, usually I, I, ask a grade at this point in time but you already you already gave me a rating uh i i i anticipated it so you can tell <laughs> if i've uh become a brandon veteran here um and yeah, yeah. i would say yeah it's it's uh, i would give it a good i'd give it a solid uh, b plus i yeah. really don't have any uh uh you know um uh you know uh, uh Com- complaints a big criticism yeah. of it i think no no it's it's technically it's 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 excellently done you know so We've already touched on some of the aspects uh, of it, you know, from a technical point of view as well. Don Sterling's script is, of course, as usual, you know, uh, uh, very, uh, very well done. Yeah. The acting is first all the way. And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, ex- except for the fact that it, you know, is uh, a bit of a downer. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't have any, uh, you know, but it's appropriate. I think, you know, as I was saying before, you know, you know, you know, you kind of, you know, you need that, yeah. you know, if, I mean, if, if, uh, not every episode could be a happy ending. No, uh, no, definitely not. And I, yeah. I think he did the right thing they, here. They, you know? they can't all be time enoughs at last. Right. Time enough at last. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy endings, you know? Right, 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 right. Time enough. Like, well, yeah, well, that one, I mean, it's just such a great, uh, you know, I think he kind of gets away with that one. I think that one's, you know, that, that's technically a downbeat ending, but because it's such a devastating thought, uh, it, yeah. it, it, it just, and plus purchase Meredith is just so meek, you know, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> so meek he's just so you know you just want to you know you just feel so bad for this guy you know that i, I just and, and he's so appealing yeah uh burgess meredith than anything that he ever does yes um so uh, and, like, uh, like in rocky bringing it back oh yeah bringing it back yeah it's like it's like six right. degrees of twilight zone it, it really is yeah yeah <laughs> and, and he just he did that in so much i mean you know and and burgess meredith is one of the few i've said before that you know both he and jack klugman each did four episodes of twilight zone uh piece and they um uh, uh separately of course yeah. you know, they weren't together uh but uh jack klugman essentially played jack klugman four different times which is not a criticism because I like Jack Klugman. Right. Yep. But I mean, essentially, he was playing the same kind of character each time. Uh, whereas Burgess Meredith really turned in four different performances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mr. Dingle is meek, just like Henry Bemis, but it, it, the, he really did build some distinct characters. And, you know, Mr. Romney Wordsworth is, is a different character. And Mr. Smith yeah. <laughs> in Printer's Devil is very much. Uh, a different character, so he he was a fine fine actor. De- definitely yeah. agree with all, all those all those points. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. especially uh, it, you know when he's Mister Dingle, right? Like he is still <laughs> meek, but he is he still has that uh, as you know when he gets really strong or, or gets really smart, he has that 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 cockiness that <laughs> yeah. Like, there, <laughs> yeah, there it is. I just needed I just needed one little leg up, and now I can be now I can be cocky. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, He's got that. There's that Burgess Meredith twinkle to your eye yeah. that I get such a kick out of, you know. Uh, but it, yeah. it's like this one guy I work with; his confidence is easily shattered. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about that guy. 
because oh, okay. his, yeah, co- yeah. his confidence will be shattered if he, if you found out. Yeah, well, no, we don't want that. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll give him a happier ending than Bully got. So, exactly, exactly. You, you, you got mm-hmm. your wish, buddy. You got your big tall wish. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would also give it a, a B plus uh, because I, I can't, I can't find anything legitimately uh, complaint worthy or. or criticism worthy of of the episode. right yeah um no no it's it's solid yeah uh all right cool deal well hey uh how can how can we get a hold of you mr paul what 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 are some ways we can... oh where where can you find me online yeah. uh well of course my you know my main gig is uh uh tweeting uh yep. at uh the night gallery uh the, be sure to add the the i think there's a band out there called night gallery that took just that one. So, so yeah. So if you go to twitter.com slash the night gallery, uh, you'll find me in there. But if you do, a, I, I found that if you do just a general search for twilight zone on Twitter, it, uh, you, my account pops up, uh, near the top. At least it does for me. Maybe I'm reflecting my own <laughs> <laughs> results, but it's, it says the name of the, account has a name and a username. Well, the name is the twilight zone, but the username says the night gallery. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where I do most of my fanning. Uh, and then, uh, I, but I also have a blog, which, you know, you've mentioned is, uh, I call shadow and substance, yes. uh, that one. And that's on WordPress, wordpress.com slash the night gallery. Um, so, uh, yeah, shadow and substance. And, and I, um, there's also, uh, Pinterest, although I haven't been very good about doing that. So I might as well mention, not mention that, um, <laughs> I, I, I did it for a little while and then I kind of got slowed down. So well, it's enough to keep up with the other stuff. So, oh, and on Facebook as well. Um, if you, if you're a facebook.com slash of shadow and substance. All right, cool. Then you'll find my, uh, my Facebook page of, on there. Of, so, of but, yeah. and so, and, and I really try to cover, I should mention just for anybody who might not have heard any of my podcasts yeah. that I'm on before that. I, although obviously Twilight Zone is, you know, 80% of what we fan about. I also try to Twitter blog and on Facebook to cover, uh, you know, other aspects of Serling's career. You know, I'll talk about his twilight uh, teleplays, which came before twilight zone. And even during actually his very last Emmy was for a teleplay that aired after twilight zones run. Right. Um, and, uh, and we talked on his movies and, uh, his uh, work on night gallery, of course. Yes. Um, so try to try to cover try to cover everything, but of course, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's it's eighty five percent Twilight Zone. So there and there, there's so much there's so much stuff to cover with with regard oh, to Serling. Definitely. So. Uh, yeah, always, yeah. You're always keeps you plenty busy. Needless to say, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. A lot of fun. Cool deal. Well, I'll, I'll have I'll have links out there uh, on on my Geek Aid site for for all Great. that stuff and. Um, Thank you, sir. Also in the in the tweet and on my Facebook as well. Uh, which, speaking of my social medias, uh, you can get a hold of me a few ways. I am, of course, on Twitter as well at s4yaa podcast, uh, s4yaa underscore podcast. To clarify that, mm, very important. Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram as well. That's at s4. Well, yeah, at s4yaa mm-hmm. underscore podcast. Uh, Gmail s4yaa podcast at gmail dot com. I am on Facebook, of course, uh, facebook.com, S4YA podcast. And I am on Stitcher, iTunes, oh, and all this, this other good stuff. You can uh, please please go out there. Uh, let me, 
give me a, shoot me a rating, uh, shoot me a review if, if you could. Uh, it really helps people kind of a, uh, see it, expose it, and uh, you know, get me up in the ratings. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how yeah, iTunes yeah, iTunes stuff works. Uh, I just I just hear these right, things and I right. regurgitate it. But uh, yeah, go out there and uh, <laughs> yeah. Or if if all else fails, just shoot me a, a tweet. Shoot me an email. Uh, just say what's up in quotes. What's up? And I will I will respond to you in some way somehow because I I love interacting with people. So uh, yeah, sounds good. But that is all I have, Mister Paul. <laughs> I keep calling you Mister. Mr. Paul. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, sign of respect. Paul, no, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. You're, you're always awesome. So much, so much Thanks. knowledge. You, you really, you really know your stuff and I, I love having you. Uh, I appreciate that. It's a pleasure. I really, I enjoy talking about it with, uh, with other people. So, yeah. and, uh, and your show is very enjoyable. So. Well, 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 thank you. Thank you, friend. I, I feel comfortable calling you friend at this point. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you certainly can. <laughs> uh, but I'll still call you Mr. Mr. Friend. Okay. Okay. There you go. Mr. <laughs> friend that's right mr friend to you (laughs) Uh, all right everybody Uh, thank you so much for listening thanks again to paul and we will see you next week hear from you next week on submitting for your approval